Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I am your host, known Twitter scoundrel, the Canadian Titan, Ethan Jordan, and I'm back once again to talk Titans with you guys. Yes, the Titans beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in another meaningless preseason game, but it wasn't all meaningless because there were definitely some takeaways that we could garner from the game. Now, fans all over the great Titan Nation and Titans Twitter have been panicking, losing their goddamn minds, that is, over some of the shit that we saw against the Buccaneers. Three key players we will discuss today based on their performance in the game against the Buccaneers, as well as their preseason up to this point, and what we can expect from these three players the rest of the preseason and the regular season. First and foremost, we have to talk about possibly the most divisive player, apparently, on Titans Twitter, Malik Willis. Now, Malik Willis played all right against the Bucks on Saturday. He wasn't terrible. He was certainly not terrible. But he wasn't perfect either. There were still a few of the hiccups and a few of the structural issues that had been reported on throughout all of camp. Those issues still reared their ugly head on Saturday. Sometimes Malik would hold on to the ball too long. Sometimes he wouldn't set his feet properly and his throws were inaccurate. And sometimes he ran out of the back of the pocket when he didn't need to. But it certainly wasn't all bad because we also saw some of the magic that makes Malik Willis so exciting. We saw sidearm throws, escapism. We didn't really see a deep ball, unfortunately, but... Not going to hold that on Willis. That's not something we are going to see every single week. But, all in all, it was a mixed, mixed performance from Malik Willis. Lots of things to be excited about. Lots of things to be cautious about. But that's the joy of having a player like Malik Willis. Because you can be excited about the things that he will bring to the table, the the intangibles, the sidearm throws, the escapability. And you can also be cognizant of the fact that he's just not ready. You cannot load up Titans Twitter at any point over the last two weeks without seeing some stupid comment from a stupid, stupid Twitter account saying some dumb shit like Willis should be starting. These are the kinds of magic plays that you only get from Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill can't do this. Guys, can we please reach a point where any sort of criticism of Malik Willis isn't some overarching statement about whether or not he's a bust? Can we criticize Willis or talk about some of the things that he needs to work on without it being some sort of, well, Ryan Tannehill's better 
type statement because honestly guys it's 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 a long time before Willis is going to start he's not starting in 2022 and you shouldn't want him to let me rephrase that of course you probably want your young exciting quarterback to be starting but it's not smart He's not ready. He took his first snaps under center as a member of the Tennessee Titans, people. That's not a quarterback that you want to start week one. Give the man his time to learn, his time to understand our offense, and his time to just develop into more than just a great athlete, but a great football player. A great quarterback. I'm not saying you have to change Malik Willis's identity. I don't think Vrabel wants him to be a pocket passer. But these are attributes and these are skills that he has to develop in order to be not just a reliable quarterback, but possibly one of the best. Because honestly, that is his ceiling. Malik Willis has all the tools in the toolkit to be the face of the NFL, to be an MVP, to be a top 10 quarterback, a top 5 quarterback. That is possible with Malik Willis. But it is not possible for any of that if we start him week one. If we start him after Ryan Tannehill's first interception. If we start him after a two-game losing streak. Patience. I know that the world today is all about, I want it now. Give it to me now. What have you done for me lately? I know that's what the NFL is today. But... The Titans have always marched to the beat of their own drum, people. We're not starting Malik Willis. He's going to sit this year. And it's the right decision. I know that this is going to be an ongoing thing. And I am more than happy to continue bitching about it on my podcast. But just have some fucking patience. Before we move on to our next player, let's let's talk about Logan Woodside. He's not one of the players that did anything of note other than suck terribly against the Bucks. And he's not obviously one of the players that I was planning on talking about today. But Malik Willis and Logan Woodside are forever connected as long as Logan Woodside is a member of the Titans. Because the fans are a clamoring, clamoring for Malik Willis to be the backup quarterback, to be QB2, and for Logan Woodside to be cut. I have seen it suggested by more than one Titans fan, by more than one Titans media member, that Logan Woodside is the worst, the worst backup quarterback in the NFL. That he has absolutely no business being rostered in the NFL. And that he is barely even a worthwhile AAF quarterback. 
a USFL quarterback. Now, guys, I don't know fuck all about Logan Woodside, honestly. I know he's thrown, like, two passes in an NFL game. I know he's not particularly exciting to watch in the preseason. And I know for some reason he beat out the likes of Trevor Simeon, Matt Barkley, and Deshaun Kaiser to be our backup quarterback. I don't think Mike Vrabel is dumb. I don't think he is only putting out Logan Woodside strictly because he's cheap and he knows him. But the reality is, Logan is just not good. And I think we've reached a point, although I hate to agree with some of the people who are just completely dismissing the importance of knowing the offense and of having that familiarity. I hate agreeing with these people. But after two very lackluster preseason games, after countless days, I say countless, it's probably like 10, 15 days of average to below average practices, I don't think you can roster Logan Woodside. I understand why you would. I do not think that it is completely without merit the importance of having a quarterback who knows the team, who knows the structure, who knows how to execute your offense. But rostering three quarterbacks, because there is no way the Titans cut Malik Willis and risk him getting scooped up on the waiver wire. That's not happening. But rostering three quarterbacks would mean taking away a roster spot from another player that the Titans could actually use. That could mean not keeping an extra wide receiver, not keeping an extra offensive lineman or an extra DB. And I do not think that what Logan Woodside brings to the Titans is worth losing a potential, not difference maker, but role player on the roster. If Ryan Tannehill gets injured, gets hurt, misses a game, misses a week or two, I don't believe anymore that Logan Woodside is the best possible answer to winning a game. He's the best possible answer in terms of executing the offense. I I do believe that. But I think that athleticism, the playmaking ability, and the arm strength of Malik Willis gives the Titans the best chance to win after Ryan Tannehill. Sure, he's probably going to run more than you would like him to. He's probably going to make bad decisions. He's probably going to make a lot of bad decisions. But he's also going to make some crazy plays, like when he rolled out and threw a beautiful pass to Des Fitzpatrick. And those plays are just better than anything Logan Woodside has put on tape for the Titans this year. So that's my little rant on Malik and Logan Woodside. Peace out, Logan. Malik can be the backup, but stop calling for him to start. He needs time. Speaking of needing time, the next player we're going to talk about 
seems to need a lot more time in order to show up on the stat sheet because Traylon Burks just had his first catch, his first preseason catch on only his second target on Saturday's game against the Bucks. I don't know what it is exactly that makes our quarterbacks not look at Traylon Burks when they drop back to pass. I don't know if our offensive line is just so bad that they can't get through their progressions and get to him in time. I don't know if there's some sort of direction from the coaches saying, hey, don't throw his way because we don't want anyone to know how great he is. Mike Vrabel said in response to a question I want to say from Teron Davenport. Teron asked, isn't there some ways you could scheme him the ball through bubble screens, through jet sweeps, through any of the awesome shit that he did in college? Can you do that to get him the ball? And Vrabel responded, well, we can do that with anybody, but we're not going to do that in a preseason game. And I think that is sufficient for me. I'm not trying to blindly trust in the coaches. I'm not a homer, as we all know. But the logic checks out. Why would you want to show all of the talents of your first-round wide receiver who has improved uh, his physical endurance and improved the shape that he is in and has excelled in college with these um, schemed-up plays? Why would you want to show that in meaningless games against second- and third-string defenders that you're never going to see in the regular season? Why would you do that? Now, there's definitely something to be said about live reps and actually getting the practice in to iron out all of the kinks before the regular season. I completely understand that. And more practice for the starters is something that I clamored for last season, uh, and we all know how last season turned out. But I don't think that there's anything to gain by throwing a bubble screen to Traylon Burks in a preseason game. You, He knows how to run a bubble screen. Ryan Tannehill knows how to throw one. And our receivers know how to block for it. These are all really basic things that the Titans already do and already run well that I don't think necessarily that they need to execute these in the games, in the preseason games. So let's not grab your pitchforks and start calling Traylon Burks a bust because we haven't given him the ball. I think in due time, when our starting offensive line is out there, when our starting quarterback is out there, and when the games actually matter, Traylon Burks is going to be an integral part of the offense. He's not going to be likely as explosive and as jaw-dropping and as exciting as Voldemort was during his rookie season. But he's gonna kick ass. So let's, once again, just relax on Traylon Burks for a little bit. And speaking 
of relaxing. And speaking of the starting offensive line I just mentioned, let's talk about the last player, Dylan Radens. Titans Twitter and Titans Media has been absolutely ablaze with comments about how absolutely dog shit Dylan Radens is. How John Robinson busted on another right tackle. The one position he can't seem to figure out. And it makes me wonder, why are we so quickly giving up on Dylan Radens before the regular season even starts? How come it is that any negative play that Dylan Radens has is just confirmation bias for all of the people who have already decided that he's a bust? Anytime there's a good play, well, it's not good enough. Or it doesn't counter the bad plays. But that's just because some of you have already made up your mind about Dylan Radens. Here's the facts of the matter. Dylan Radens played the majority of his college and high school career as a left tackle. Throughout much of camp last year, through much of the season last year, it was constantly reported from beat writers that they believed that Dylan Radens was a left side player and that that's why he was positioned at guard on the left side. Guys, Dylan Radens is a tackle. That's a fact because he is not strong enough to be a guard. He is a tackle and he's a left tackle. Now, you may know that we already have a left tackle in Taylor Lewan. And despite not having a lot of guaranteed money left on his contract, if any at all, the Titans want to keep rolling with Taylor Lewan because he is a former All-Pro, a badass left tackle. And, and honestly, he's top 15, and despite the money that he's making, he's not making that much money for a top 15 tackle. And two years removed from a torn ACL, he is primed to have one of his best seasons. So there's no reason right now to get rid of Taylor Lewan. Which begs the question, well, what do we do with Dylan Radens? I think what the Titans tried to do was recreate what they did with Jack Conklin. And Jack Conklin was a left tackle. Played the majority of his career at left tackle just like Dylan Radens. And when he made the switch to right tackle, there were growing pains. But he was an awesome run blocker, and he got better, especially after his injury. Jack Honkin got better at playing right tackle, but he needed time. Fortunately, we had a stout offensive line at the time that was able to afford him the time, afford him the help, to become, to evolve, to learn, to be this successful right tackle. None of this is happening for Dylan Radens. Because fans have been bitching since last year. Well, he's a second round pick. 
oh, he's not even active on game day. Why do we have David Questenberry out there and not Dylan Radins? He's a bust. He's another Isaiah Wilson. Guys, have some fucking patience. Yes, he did not look stellar against the Bucks on Saturday. But he also did not look nearly as bad as what Titans Twitter would have you believe. On that amazing rollout to the right that Malik Willis did when he threw the pass to Desert Patrick, you see an abysmal rep, an absolutely atrocious effort on the part of Dylan Raidens. And I understand if you were to look at that and you see how easily the Bucks defender just ripped right inside Raidens and immediately put pressure on Malik Willis, I understand how you might look at that and think, well, Raiden, he's just bad. He's just a shitty player. But if you analyze the play just a little bit more, you'll see it looks like less of shitty offensive line play and more of a complete miscommunication. It almost looked like Raidens expected the play to go in the other direction because his first step was out to the right as opposed to in to the left, the way the rest of the offensive line is going. Now, is that because of Dylan Raidens' own inability to understand the playbook? Is it because he's just that bad of an offensive lineman? Or was it just a mistake in a offensive line that is consistently being shuffled because we don't have consistency on the line. Nate Davis has been in and out of the lineup. Who is our left guard right now? We don't really know. Sometimes it's Aaron Brewer. Nobody knows what Jamarco Jones looks like ever since he got in a fight with Taylor Lewan. And Jordan Roos, I think? Just a revolving door of bodies on the line. I don't know how anybody expects there to be any development whatsoever from some of our young offensive linemen. All of that is to say that I still have faith in Dylan Radens. I'm not ready to call him a bust before the start of his second NFL season just because he's had a few bad preseason games. For a fan base that held on to Marcus Mariota and his average, for whatever reason, his average play for five years, did you did you guys use up all of your patience? Is it just gone now? Is it, if you can't help me win right now, you can't help me win at all? Because holy shit. Look at Caleb Farley. The exact same thing is kind of being said about him, about how he's a bust because Roger McCreary, who has been a corner for years, might be higher on the depth chart than Caleb Farley, who's been a corner for maybe three years, who hasn't played much football over that time frame. It's almost like context doesn't matter. It's almost like every single Titans fan is the no-context Titans 
Twitter page, except less hilarious and more obnoxious. So all in all, to wrap it all up, as we head into the final preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals, before we start the regular season in just over two weeks, all I have to say is, just have a little bit of patience. John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have led the Titans to the best, one of, if not the best stretches of Tennessee Titans play in decades. So let's have a little bit of faith in them. Mike Vrabel was the coach of the year last year with a record 91 players suiting up. He's going to have this team ready. We won the number one seed with one of the worst right tackles in the NFL. I'm not worried about Dylan Radins. I'm not worried about Traylon Burks. And I'm, I'm not worried about Malik Willis. And you shouldn't be either. That's going to do it for me today, guys. I appreciate you listening to this episode of the Elite Titans Podcast. And if you enjoyed it, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan. Or you could follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod. I am your host, the known Twitter scoundrel, Canadian Titan. And remember, I'm not a homer. I'm just an elite Titans fan. Tighten up and have some fucking patience.